0: Brought to you by IntegraVita Wellness, here is Certified Health Coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is A. Gregory Luna, Certified Health Coach. I created a website called IntegraVita.com, a place where I could post some of my blogs and wellness articles. Please visit my website. It's integravita.com. That's integral. Take off the L and add V-I-T-A, which is life in Latin, integravita.com. I'd appreciate if you'd visit this website and post some comments and go to iTunes as well and uh, listen to all my confessions over there. So welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. The fact that you're listening to this podcast means so much to me. I'm at the very beginning of this And so, anybody who's listening, you are super special. I would give you some dark chocolate. Like I tell all my friends at school, anytime they help me out, I'm going to give you some dark chocolate. So, I'm giving you some metaphorical dark chocolate love right now. So, today we're going to finish up the trilogy of exercise confessions with the presidential fitness test. Yes, the presidential fitness test. I honestly don't even know if they do this anymore. I, I really don't know. But... Let us begin. Confession of an Obese Child number 6 The Presidential Fitness Test Thank you, two fellow B-level movie stars, for screwing my childhood experiences. During the 80s, former actor-turned-president Ronald Reagan implemented the Presidential Fitness Initiative throughout America to help inspire kids to exercise more and to eat better. He chose as a spokesperson for the program then a superstar and former Olympian, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Coming off the heels of such classics as Conan the Barbarian and Predator, in being married to a Kennedy, it was a politically expedient move. Both of these guys were actors. I think a lot of people don't know that. Reagan was an actor back in the 50s. He was a kind of a B-level movie actor, and then he uh, retired, and then he became uh, governor of California before he became president in nineteen eighty. He was also first the first divorced president. He was married to Jane Wyman, who was, I think was an actress before he married Nancy. Don't do drugs, Nancy Reagan. That was her big thing. You know, all the all the first wives, first ladies always have their initiative, and hers was don't do drugs in the eighties, and clearly that worked really well. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. You know, Schwarzenegger actually means black forest in German. Yeah. Yeah, there's some great conspiracy theories about Schwarzenegger and what his father did for a living back in 1940s Austria, hint, hint. But that's neither here nor there. Conan. Conan was such a great movie. James Earl Jones. What kind of a badass can turn from a human to a gigantic snake, right? That, that was his thing. He could turn into this gigantic snake. That was a freaky movie. And then Schwarzenegger Conan's with that blonde woman, and then she dies, and then the witch tries to bring him back to life. And it's so it's such a weird movie. Predator of course is incredible, right? Get into to the chopper. What are you? I mean, there's so many good lines. Jesse the Body Ventura is in it. Apollo Creed is in it. What a great movie. Didn't see the remake because like all remakes that they're doing now of 80s classics, I don't know. I'm just just biased. I know I'm not going to like it as much. Footloose. (sighs) Red Dawn. Please do not mess with another man who has a first initial first name. C. Thomas Howell was in that movie. Don't mess with Red Dawn. The original, Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, Leah Thompson, the girl from Dirty Dancing. I mean, that is a classic. Don't remake that. They remade it. Uh, Willy Wonka, please. Johnny Depp comes off as like a little creepy pedophile in that that remake. Don't mess with Gene Wilder. Can like, I understand why they do these things? Because they want to, quote, unquote, introduce it to the next generation. Really, they just want to cash into the check, right? Because Hollywood is so lacking of creativity that wh- what do they do? Essentially, all their big movies are going to be... Re- action movies comic movies sequels or rehashes of old movies that did well which is no creativity anymore but schwarzenegger uh, he also did commando all i remember that was Alyssa milano was his daughter and that i had a big crush on her she was on who's the boss that 80s comedy with um tony Danza. she was i had such a crush on her she was a little cutie cutie italian girl um he had, he had a good career. I don't honestly think he was an Olympian. I think he was just a bodybuilder. Anyways. This lauded program in D.C. trickled down to my school in the form of a battery of tests that a child of a certain age was expected to complete every spring. I don't know, remember really the specifics per se, but there were pull-ups, push-ups, and sit-ups. Your progress would be tracked year to year to see how you were doing. Well... When Coach told us about this challenge, most of the pubescent, peacocky middle school boys were thrilled. And why wouldn't they? When we are young children, you know, like toddler age, we tend to like games that are collegial and exploratory in nature. Like, let's go to the forest and build a fort. You know, kids love building forts, like with um, like furniture, right? It's always like, let's go do this and use our imagination. But as boys enter puberty, they turn to the competitive games, likely to tap into that nascent drive of aggression and individualism. So it becomes more like, let's arm wrestle. I'm going to beat you, you know, which is, I think, normal psychosexual development, but it just changes. The future jocks salivated at the idea of competing against one another. As it is, they already competed in peeing contests in the bathroom. <laughs> In our school, we'd either gather before or after school in the bathroom to see who could urinate the farthest. It's funny because I thought this happened everywhere, right? I I told some people about this later on. I don't know, maybe in college or grad school or graduate school. I don't remember, but they're like, "What are you? What are you talking about? That's freaking weird." But I have distinct rem- recollections, remembrances, of um. People go in the bathroom, there'll be like eight of us. And then, yeah, they would just like, you know, you would aim the urinals across on the other side of the hallway and you would just try to pee and see who could pee the farthest. I didn't think it was weird. I just thought it was normal, right? It's like growing up at a morgue and touching brains and playing with saws like I did. My dad putting me in the the freezers uh, at the morgue that he ran. I thought, you know, this is normal. Like if you think it's normal your whole life, you don't think it's weird until somebody tells you it's weird. Anyway, I was petrified. I was in nowhere near the shape to do any of these activities. Honestly, I had never done any of them. But I think about why would I have ever done a push-up or pull-up or sit-up, especially a pull-up. But when you're fat, you lack the confidence, so I just assumed I couldn't do one. And I was right, ladies and gentlemen. So every year, the day would come for the fitness challenge. We would all gather around the pull-up bar in the outdoor field, and each student would take their turn as the others watched. Jock boy number one would excel, followed by frat boy number two, all killing it. Then came my turn. As soon as my name was called, the jeering began. <laughs> hey, 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 it's Fat Albert. The snide, you know, this should be fun to watch, or can't wait to see this, were uttered in muted breath. So first, I would do the sit-ups. Coach yelled, go, Luna, kind of like my father Leininger impersonation from Invisible Student. Go! While others could lift themselves without someone holding their legs, I couldn't even muster a measly lift of anything but my neck. Um. So we're talking about um, sit-ups. Of course, the laughing would begin. Yeah, I couldn't do sit-ups. There's no way I could do sit-ups coach would then tell future alcoholic number three to hold my legs. Now I'm, I'm giving these kids names like jock boy, number one, frat boy, number two, because I don't know, these, these are things that maybe I imagine them becoming later in life or wanting them to become later in life. You know, typically the popular kids do become jocks and then later on they become frat boys. No offense to any of you that were in a fraternity and, um, yeah, later on they can possibly become alcoholics. So He would call on some kid to hold my legs. Now, that boy was no Simon of Cyrene, the dude who lifted Jesus' cross on the way to Calvary. He didn't want to get near me to be forced to inhale the half-sweat, half-feces, half-diaper rash odor that emanated from me. Sometimes my mom would spray a little Walgreens imitation cologne to mask the scent. I'm sure that helped. Yeah, you remember when Walgreens used to sell that. Like Liz Taylor had like a really popular uh, cologne perfume back in the 80s. What was it called? Not obsession. Passion, something like that. You could buy all these invitations at Walgreens. So my mom was like, Albert, I have to put on this diaper rash. You stink. So she would like douse me in this stuff. So then I would have this weird odor of like Liz Taylor and feces. Yeah. Even with him holding the legs, I couldn't do a proper sit-up. I had to contort my body and lean to the side to do one. Coach yelled, that doesn't count. At that point, I just laid on the ground and prayed for the two minutes to end. Next came the push-ups. These were virtually impossible for me to do. I laid on the grass trying to push myself up, but I was only able to meagerly lift my head and neck. Coach modified it by telling me to lean on my knees to do one. That's the position that's often recommended for women, you know, get on your knees and lean forward. Those I couldn't do as well. The kids would yell, moo, and eat the grass, you cow. And, you know, again, I I think I commented on a past podcast that these kids could be a little creative in what they came up with. But when they would call me a cow, I was thinking, actually, I'm more of a bull because I'm a guy. Okay, so if you're going to insult me, get it right. But maybe they called me a cow because when I leaned over, my man boobs and my fat belly would, you know, oscillate back and forth. And so maybe I could see why they'd call me a girl. Maybe I just didn't get the joke. You know, maybe I was just so obtuse and they were just so brilliant with their joke making that I didn't get why they were calling me a cow. So I'd be trying to do the push-ups and I couldn't do it. So Coach had an exasperated countenance as I waited out the clock and I just gave up. He's probably ashamed of me. Perhaps he didn't want me in the class as I wasn't going to be future pharmaceutical rep number four like the rest of the group. Yeah, so no push-ups there. No push-ups for you. Yeah, it was difficult to do those. The pull-ups were the worst. Well, I could have make a feeble. Well, I could make a feeble attempt at a sit-up or a push-up. I had no shot in lifting any part of my massive weight off the ground. The coach would move me to the lower one. Where the bar was practically at the top of my head and one and that one I could not lift my body in any grasp in any way, shape, or form. The kids would be yelling, He's pulling down the sky, he's pulling down the sky. Again, I just waited until the time expired and said nothing. Yeah, so I want a big O for three, way below the Mendoza line in baseball analogies there and my three activities for the fitness tests. Um There were others, you know, I'm sure that couldn't do it either. In retrospect, I wonder if coaches would be more sympathetic to overweight children and have them do their fitness test in private. It seemed that would be less traumatic to them, but maybe it gives the obese kid a crutch and an expectation that he should be treated differently due to this condition. Should he? Should he be treated differently? This goes back to the invisible student pod. When a teacher is saying that somebody is very uncomfortable in class reading something in public, what is the the better route for the teacher to do? To say, okay, don't worry about it or speed it up or thank you, Johnny, and have him sit down and then maybe talk to him afterwards or just let him suck it up. Because in one way, you have to be consistent, right? Like I see this all the time with my students. Like, can I do this? Can I turn this on time? Can I get extra credit if I do this? Yeah, you know, like for example, they have to do little speeches, medical minute speeches, where they have to read an article, and I'll have kids come to me. I had one come yesterday actually, and they're like, "Can can can I just read the the article to you?" And I go, "You are uncomfortable." In, not in front of the class, after school. And I said, are you uncomfortable speaking in front of the class? He's like, yes. And I said, well, I can't do that because it's unfair. If I allow you to do it, then it opens a Pandora's box of medical minute mayhem. And it's just not fair. I have to have some level of consistency. And so I, I'm i torn on this because I would think as a fat kid that I would want these kids to be spared more trauma than they already have and just have them do it privately. Or have them don't do it at all. But I guess they have to do it because this all goes into the big data, database bank that the government mines on us. So I don't know. Perhaps that like chormesis where a little bit of a negative toxin like radiation triggers a reaction in the body then in the long run is beneficial. Perhaps the utter shame and embarrassment would trigger a reaction in the kid to work harder and losing the weight. Do you, in fact, need to be cruel to be kind? Cruel to be kind, blah 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 blah. Cruel to be kind. I I don't know. That, that's a that's a really good question. Yeah. What's the best route to do with somebody who's overweight? Maybe if you have such embarrassment and like an alcoholic, future alcoholic number ten, perhaps like an alcoholic if you hit rock bottom, and you know you you lose your family or you're drunk on the streets, perhaps that gives you uh, like an epiphany, like oh damn, I got to get my life together. I don't know. I have no idea what is the better route. I mean, At the time, I would like to have done it in private. Of course. All I know was that in addition to the daily torture of gym class, which I chronicled in the last pod, I had to endure the yearly agony of facing my inadequacies yet again. Even my nerdy friends who couldn't excel in gym class can meager a couple of pull-ups or chin-ups due to their lanky frame. But at least I was better than them in guarding the pin and dodgeball. Listen to the gym class podcast. Thanks, lards of rolls and fats that immerse my body. We misfits were a band of brothers, but I'll leave that to another confession. It's funny, like, what nerds hang together, right? If you look at, like, a group, there's always, like, the fat kid, this skinny kid, like, awkwardly emaciated uh, Ethiopian Live Aid 1980s skinny kid. The acne kid, the kid who's too much into Monty Python and Star Trek and Star Wars, who has absolutely no social skills, and he'll just just re- recite lines for Monty Python ad nauseum. Then there's the Dungeons & Dragon kid, you know, Magic the Gathering kid, you know, there's... A, <laughs> Oh, man, I can't wait to I, can, I talk about my high school experiences because I was all with those kids. And I love those kids. I love those kids. You know, I, I wasn't nerdy like that. I didn't keep up with any of the things I just mentioned. I, I don't at all. But, again, you know, there's a certain uh, camaraderie, us against them kind of thing when uh, between the nerds and the, the popular kids or the regular kids. The bright spot is that now I can accomplish all the fitness tests. So I'm not too good at pull-ups. Yeah, I can do push-ups. Like right, right now, I could probably roll off 40. Though I remember reading somewhere, I think maybe it was Mark Sissons, or someone said that you needed to be able to do 50 at a time. So I don't know. I don't know if I could do 50. There was actually a time, though, a few years ago where I was doing 500 push-ups a day. And you think, oh, my God, Gregory, that's incredible. It's not really that hard. Because if you break it down into, let's say, 18 hours or 16 hours in a given day, um, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but you really only have to do like 60 an hour. And 60 an hour is two sets that you could space out every 20 minutes or three sets of 20. So it's really not that hard. Uh, but I don't do that anymore. So, I can, of course, I can do I can do, um, um, sit-ups too or left, lift your leg up. Yeah. And perhaps it was the accumulated real ridicule, fat shame, name calling and alike that caused my psyche to stir by the time Coach Webster came around. Coach Webster was the coach who I mentioned in my introduction on my website who sprung me into action and motivated me the end of my junior year to finally lose the weight. So definitely read about that. I'm not sure, I really don't know. You know, I, I don't know, as I mentioned, if it was like you had to hit rock bottom to do it. What I do know is that gym class was a daily reminder of how low I was in every possible human being indicator. Thus ends Confession of an Obese Child number 6, the Presidential Fitness Test. And thus ends the trilogy of the gym classes with locker room, the gym class, and this one. Similar to the trio of Star Wars movies. Now, I mentioned I wasn't a Trekkie or into D&D or Python or anything like that, but I was definitely into Star Wars. And I will say it here, and I think the general consensus is that the best Star Wars movie is Empire. Then I would say the second best is Star Wars. And then Jedi. Now, I'm not counting the prequels, because I think everybody understands that the prequels were just utter crap now if you are young and a millennial and you were a young kid when the prequels come out came out i could see why you like them like i talked to my students and they like the prequels okay but they're young they don't know any better they don't understand it was all just cgi horrible nonsense and dialogue about trade federation and just oh my god the acting with portman and hayden christensen was i mean there was more like rose sexual attraction between a desk and a wall I mean, they were horrible. So let's just talk about the prequels because I'm not going to talk about Force Awakens. I mean, Force Awakens was entertaining, but it was just a rehash, repackaging of A New Hope with a new cast. I mean, how many times can you bring back a freaking Death Star? How many times do you have to put secrets in a droid and then the droid gets lost and everyone's looking for a droid? How many times? But I will say this. I did call my shot on Han Solo dying in that movie. I was talking to my friend Paul about six months before the movie came out, and I said, Han Solo's going to die. And the reason I thought this was that Han or Harrison Ford never liked that character. And I thought, he him dying, because at that at that point, you already knew who the new uh, characters were. You knew that, that some of them were going to be related to Han and Leia or Luke. And I said, killing Han would really push the plot, kind of like the way they kind of killed Gandalf in the first... Lord of the Rings or how they killed um, Qui-Gon Gin or whatever his name, Liam Neeson from The Phantom Menace. And I was totally right. Now, what do I lied to have seen as soon as Han died, and I thought they did that death pretty well, was Chewie just go bat crazy, just 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 lose it, and like have all these stormtroopers come at him, and he just rips all their sockets off and just breaks their neck and just goes in this frenzy. That would have been awesome. They didn't do that. They just had him shooting a couple people. Come on. And then the other thing that drove me crazy about the end of that movie, it's like, okay, Han dies. Yeah, Han is like the father of these kids. He's the father of of, uh, Kylo Ren. And then at the end of all this show, you know, it's just like, Leia just like humps over a little. I'm like, where is the funeral? I think the better ending to Force Awakens, and I think they did a good job with Ray handing the lightsaber to Luke, Luke with that beard. I think a better ending is give Han a freaking funeral. Now, they better do it in the next one, The Last Jedi or whatever they're calling it now. Have it open up with Han's death. I don't think they are. I think they're going to fast-forward it. But open up with Han's death. They should have had a funeral for Han freaking Solo at the end of that movie. And then everyone is at the pyre or wherever it's at. And then you you queue up the Skywalker theme Dun, 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 that really slow one And then boom Luke shows up And then he takes off the, the hood That would have been an awesome ending But no J.J. Abrams Kathleen Kennedy Listen to me And then Rogue One Credit to Rogue One for killing everybody Kudos to you That, is, that was awesome The first half of your movie was horrible it was like watching molasses come out of a jar in 1760s colonial Virginia. Second half was better. Develop your characters. When all these people die at the end, you don't even know their name. You don't even care about these characters. Develop the freaking characters. This is the problem you've seen in all these movies. They invest all this money in special effects, but they don't develop plot, and they don't develop characters. And so when people die, you honestly don't care about them. Anyway, so going back to Empire, Empire is the best because it's, it doesn't have a happy ending. It still has all the good banter between Han and Leia that Jedi lacks. Jedi is a snore. And, okay, this goes back to people, like, in their, their mid-30s. They love Jedi because Jedi had the Ewoks. The Ewoks, if you're already at a certain age when Jedi came out, and I was nine when it came out, but I could see through this, Lucas put in. The Ewoks to appeal to the kids to get the kids to like the movie. So if you were already a teenager at that time, you're like these Ewoks are freaking retarded. Get these Ewoks out. And it's the same thing. The Ewoks die at the end. There's a the two that are running and one explodes and one dies. I, no one cares that the Ewok died unless you're five years old when that movie came out. So if you take out all the Ewoks and it's just the movie about you know with Jabba and with Luke and Darth Vader and the Emperor, then Jedi is a great movie. But you gotta get all the stuff off of Endor. That just it's just so oh, it's just horrible where they think that C three PO is a god and Luke's gotta levitate the chair and just the music and the party. Oh my god. Star Wars the first one was great. Partly because the banter between Han and Leia. You know, they they hated each other but they really loved each other and that continued empire. And what with, with culminated in the great, you know, I love you. I know. That I mean, just great movie. Those two movies are just great. Case. Anyways, this ends my Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so I I know that part of me thinks that I should just read these these confessions verbatim, but I mean I don't know. You can read them. I like to add a little anecdotal stuff about what I'm reading, but I also like to go off topic. And uh, if you don't like this, please comment, email me, put something in the reviews about it. If you like it, let me know. So I am done for this confession. Please go to www.integravita.com. Post a comment in one of the articles. Review my wellness articles. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast. It's only going to get better. Promise you. I'll give you some dark chocolate. Give me a review. And please just wait for the next pod to come out. Take care. Eat some dark chocolate, preferably 90% because it's like wine. It just soothes the soul. So good for you. Don't get white chocolate. White chocolate doesn't even have any cacao. It's like the biggest sham next to deodorant, shampoo, and other cosmetics. So take care. God bless. I love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.integravita.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. See you next time.